Welcome, everybody, to How Winners Win. It is today joined by your co-host and actually main host today, Keita Spears, a.k.a. High Key. So, winners, we are in for a treat today. We are kicking off the new year with some much-needed information on things that you can avoid and fumbles that you want to make sure that you pick up so you don't get a touchdown ran back on you, if you know what I'm saying. So, today in the studio, we have Miss Sheila Williams. She is owner of She Wins uh, Bookkeeping since 2015. She has over 30 years' experience in the financial service and CPA and tax preparation game. Uh, she is a wealth of knowledge. She's getting ready to start a couple courses and programs where now she can help you overcome some common challenges that entrepreneurs face and get more money back into your pocket. Sheila, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, yes. This is long uh, in the making, and I'm really excited to have you here in, in the studio in person. I feel like uh, in-person video interviews are always a lot better than just doing it via Zoom. You know, you yeah, get to actually absolutely. see somebody, you know, <laughs> get the feel of the energy. We were just talking before we uh, put press record on here about some of the endeavors that you've got going on and how the new year is shaping out. So uh, I work with you personally as a client because I am an entrepreneur and run into some of the similar challenges I feel like that most of the winners listening can relate to is you start a business, you start making money, then you make a little bit more money than maybe you anticipated and you didn't do any of the preparation for when Uncle Sam comes knocking come April. And that was kind of the exact situation I was in when I came and saw you for the first time. Mm -hmm. So how common is that in the entrepreneur space for entrepreneurs or business owners to kind of just focus in on that business and kind of leave everything to the wayside when it comes to bookkeeping and, and taxes in that regard? Oh, it's very common. You know, I service over two, 300 clients, you know, every year. Sometimes it's more if I include the taxes. And it's the same thing all over the board. And most of the time when you are an entrepreneur, basically you earn the money and in your head, everybody is talking about expenses. I, I can expense this and I can expense that. So they want a tax return that shows that they made the income, but then they expense it out so that they don't have to pay taxes. And those are very detrimental to your future and people don't understand it. And I will simply say I've had clients that I have worked with for a lot of years that was hairstylists, right? Mm. And so they had cash and, you know, they lived the way that they wanted to live. They didn't focus on their taxes. They did their tax returns and expensed it out, you know, where their income was like twelve, fifteen thousand dollars wow. $15,000. They got these huge refunds because they have their kids and everything. But now when they're at the age where they're retiring and they're trying to get to Social Security, they have nothing there. Mm. So now they have to live off of $800 a month because it goes to the disability. And disability, you don't get much. You know, because it's based off of what you put in. So for the people that don't understand, why is it that because they were paying less in taxes and showing them reporting less income, it's now affecting them 20, 30 years later in retirement? Why is that? Because when you are self-employed, you um, on most, on most um, situations, you file all your business taxes and everything on a 1040, which goes on a Schedule C. With the Schedule C, 
you put all of your expenses on it. And then what that form does is it taxes you. It gives you your self-employment tax. What is self-employment tax? That is you paying into your Social Security and your Medicare. So like if you worked a job, let's say on the job you made 70 or 80,000, you pay half as the employee and then your company pays the other half. So you have a lot going in and they're basing it off of that income. So when they do the calculations, when you retire, they see how much money you put in. When you're self-employed, that $12,000 that you're paying Medicare and Social Security taxes on, it's $12,000 a year. That's, that's it. So when you expense your business like that, you are doing more harm than you are, good, you know, doing any good. And then if you don't educate yourself, you should have, you know, starting off, if you have a good accountant in your, um, in your pocket or on your team, it makes a world of difference. And I get this question all the time. How do you know if they're a good accountant? You know that they're a good accountant if they're concerned about the things that you do. Not a CPA that's going to do your books and say, I reconcile, this is your cost, pay me, and that's it. But they're going to ask you questions. Hey, why did you do this? Why are you spending money over here? You know, why, why is your uniform so much? Did you know that you can get those same uniforms and you can get it here? Or if they're doing your books in, in, in a quarter, they see that your income is stagnant. It's just staying the same. There's no growth. There's nothing there. Why? Why is it nothing there? What are you doing wrong? How can I push you to increase that? Because overall, your business should increase every single year. Whether, you know, if you're doing a good job, whether you're out there marketing, hey, I built this with no marketing. I, I built my, my accounting firm with no marketing. It was all word of mouth. And I did an excellent job and people referred me. And there was people that I turned away, you know, because all money is not good money. You just want to pay me to say that you have somebody doing your books but you don't really want to understand the numbers behind your business. Why would I waste my time with that? Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't help me and it definitely doesn't help you. Mm -hmm. So if you have a good account starting off, you know, they understand that you're just starting off. If they're good, they know that you're just starting off so that they're going to give you a package that fits into what works right now because they know that they can grow you and it, it, it can increase their, you know, bottom line. Mm -hmm. As long as you're growing and you're going in the right direction. We have clients that after they suffer a loss for three months in a row, we cancel their service. And they'll call and say, well, why did you cancel? Well, we're still here for you. But how are you going to pay us if you can't pay you know, to run your company. We got to turn this around. So we're going to work together and we're going to turn it around and then we'll put you back on. Or if we're calling you 
and we don't get an answer, we turn off your auto pay. You're no longer a client because I don't have time to waste. I'm in the business of growth. That's my ultimate goal with anybody that I work with is growth. If you're not about growth, then you're not a good fit for us. And that's, that's just the fact. So, I mean, yeah. and that really goes with alignment too. Like, you know what your ideal client is and you're not going to waste time, resources, money, and putting education into somebody that's ultimately going to squander that education and effort that you put into them. Yes. So for the winners, one, I think that was a great riff that you just did. They need to go back and rewind and listen to that again. So to break <laughs> that down a little bit, what's some things to look for for entrepreneurs when evaluating uh, accountants, tax preparers, and CPAs? What is the difference between a bookkeeper, a CPA, and a tax preparer? So a bookkeeper is to me is simply a data entry person. They um, have taken classes and they've learned the online QuickBooks and became, you know, certified for QuickBooks online. And um, they're able to put your information in your books and they are able to pull financial statements and everything. Um, So now a accountant that has a lot of experience they will be able to look at your, your financials, but they're going to also know that there's things missing. For example, if I had a client that was a gym, so if I went through his, his bank statements and I put all of that in and I created him financials, that's good, but I know something is missing. What's missing? What's on the balance sheet? Because the balance sheet is your most important financial statement. It tells how your business is doing. So in the beginning, if he's coming to me from someone, which this has happened, you know, and I'm looking at his financials and I'm like, okay, well, I have an issue here because I'm looking at your tax return, but I'm also inside your business. And I see all of this equipment here. Where is it at? Oh, well, they never asked me about that. That's the difference. Mm. Because that equipment is going to be there. If they're selling product, you know that you should have inventory on that balance sheet because if he goes to a bank, the bank can look and say, okay, he got inventory that he can sell. He got assets that he can sell. That is money, mm-hmm. you know. To them. And, to you know, to them. And so they based what they're going to give you, a loan or anything, it's based off of that. And if I remember correctly, balance sheet, it's assets minus liabilities, uh-huh. right? So yes. the assets in this case of the gym owner is mm-hmm. he's got a ton of equipment that if he ever needed to liquidate his business, he can immediately get cash on hand because he has assets. It's exactly. not just about what's on the data entry. And yeah. if they're not asking questions or they're not interpreting and reading between the lines, they're not going to see. We've got a warehouse full of equipment right here. Right. I can help him get better loans yeah. and better programs. Exactly. So they're not going to ask those type of questions. But me having, you know, worked with so many various types of um, industries, you know, I was an accountant. Yes, I have my degrees. I have, you know, my letters behind my name. But if you look back in my history, I've done sales. I've even done buying for sales. You know, I've done door-to-door <laughs> type marketing, you know, and I did all of those things to get me to where I'm at now because you have a better understanding of how things work. 
you know, and of course, society is changing. So a lot of people say, well, things are not the same. You know, that is absolutely true. I agree with that. I'm constantly evolving. But you can just take one simple company that does the same thing over and over again, and it always works. Who is that? McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> because they created what we call a will. And they sold that will. Over and, and over. And everybody that, they just use that will. They even know how to assemble their workers. If one worker gets out of line with that assembly, what do they do? Re they replace it. Systems. <laughs> this is, yeah, it's, it's so simple, you know, but people make it, make it difficult, you know, and sometimes people get in their own way, you know. Um, I love letting all my business owners know that nobody knows everything. Nobody knows everything. And because it's your business, you feel like you want to do what you want to do. Always remember that. If you're entrepreneurs out there, you're starting your business, you're engulfed in your business now. You've been in it for years. Sit back and meditate on that. Nobody knows everything. And how do, you know, the people that have gained success, how do they get there? Working with they have a huge team. Mm -hmm. They got people that they don't pay to do whatever it is that they specialize in. That's what they do. You can't do everything. And we as entrepreneurs, that's how we start. We look at that like, you might look at marketing and say, well, I'm going to pay $1,000 a month for marketing. I'll do this myself, and I'll save the money. So you can do that. Absolutely, you can do that. But you know how marketing works. Mm -hmm. It takes consistency. It takes time, and you have to do it constantly. It can't be, oh, I did it, and it, it turned out good, and you're excited, and you walk away. It don't work like that. Mm -mm. You have to stay on it. So what would be better? Pay someone that specializes in that or refocus yourself from the task at hand, and that is to grow your business to now doing marketing. That's such a pitfall for all starting entrepreneurs. We always mm -hmm. got our hands too many, too many hats and too many chefs in the kitchen. Oh, yes. You know? And then it's hard to let go because you feel like nobody can do it like you, you know? And usually businesses are developed due to passion. It was something that they loved to do. They enjoyed doing it. They were good at it. So they created their business, you know? But you have, it has to always be a joy. You lose that joy when you try to wear too many hats. You know, I, I always look at businesses as, as driving. And it's easy to drive on a road that's straight with no bumps and no curves. But we know in life we can't do that. But if you develop all of these roads and they're just all going in different directions, 
How are you ever going to get anywhere? Just stay on that straight road. And then when you meet someone that's able to drive on the other road, then you say, okay, it's okay to add that because I got someone over here that's going to manage that. Then you go and there's another road. <sighs> yeah, I found someone. They can handle that road and I can just stay here. It is okay. And if, if it's a cost added, always evaluate the cost. If they charge you $1,000, doesn't mean that you just have to pay that $1,000 every month. You can evaluate it. Have them tell you, okay, I paid you that. What have you brought me? Know your business and saying, oh, well, yeah. I've, my revenue done increase. My, my emails, I'm getting emails crazy, you know, so I know that they're doing their jobs. Just because you pay a person every month doesn't mean that you have to sit back and not do anything. You're still in charge of driving a car. You're still in charge of making sure that when the cars are on the road, they're safe. That's still your job. So it's okay to stop and say, wait a minute, let me go over here and see how they're doing and look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's doing good over there. So it's good. And, and don't make your stops where it's just two and three months out because now you don't let a problem grow into... <laughs> Fester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you have to check on it. And there's nothing wrong with checking on it, you know? This is part of the growing as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And then, like, with the new entrepreneurs, I think this is a, a common question that entrepreneurs want to know is when, when to start an entity, you know, when do the entrepreneur who just started the business and now they know from hearing directly from an accountant's mouth that I need to get my books in order as soon as I start my business. But when do I upgrade to LLC? When do I go to S Corp? Do I consider C Corp? What's your take on that? Oh, wow. That is an excellent question because I get so many people that come in and say, I started an LLC. And the reason why they started an LLC, because they seen a video. <laughs> we have... We have um, became where everything is just rushed. Everybody wants everything quick. It doesn't even have to make sense. We're just going to do it because that, that person said to do it and it sounds good. When you start your business, okay, me with all of my clients, I'll sit down and I'll talk to them. I just had someone that came to me and wanted to start an LLC. Now, I could have easily took her money to set that up. But after I talked to her, you know, she decided not to do that and just start off as a sole proprietor because you're creating another annual bill when you set up that LLC. You have to pay that 425 and then your, your city license, if you have a location, you're creating a bill, but you don't even know how much money you're going to make. So my suggestion is you could start a sole proprietorship, which locks the name for you, you know, nobody else can take that. And you start off that way, you can still get a business bank account. You always, from the time that you open, everything, activity that you have, make sure that it goes through that business bank account. Because even if it's a sole proprietorship, you go to the bank and now you've created where you have five, $6,000 a month you know, of customers coming in. And it's consistent. Now you want to grow 
to double that and you go to a bank, the first thing they're going to say is, let me see the activity. But even if you don't have the financials, you have a bank account where they see the money coming in, they see your expenses, and always you have so many people that have these bank accounts, and at the end of the month, they end the month with $20, $15, you know, negative $15. Then they start off the same month, they making 10 11000 the ending balance, negative, or 100 whatever. So... I'm just going to ask you this. Now you want to grow that. You've done a good job, but you go into a bank. They pull three months of bank statements, $100, negative $90, $15. What can you afford? What can you afford? Nothing. Exactly. So when you have that bank account, you know, like for me, I, I run my business. It's not a cheap business. You know that. But I always make it my business to end that month with a, a substantial, substantial amount there. And then on the first year, it's going to go down. <laughs> I got to pay my bills <laughs> and stuff like that, and you know. But the point is, is that when they pull my statements, it's almost like, oh, yeah, she can afford. She got clearly five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 there, you know, even though I don't. But they don't know that because they see all of the bills coming through and they see how I end. I even have some of my clients pay me at that end of the month so that I know that moving forward, because I know what the banks are going to look for. That's a major key. These data points that banks use, a lot of times we're, entrepreneurs aren't even aware of it. You know, mm -hmm. Unless you're watching YouTube, unless you're getting education out there on what banks look for internally, because it's, it's different from just your credit score, basically what we're talking yes. about right now. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the bank's internal score for you as a customer based on the data points that you represent through your transaction history with that bank. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's going to determine those letters you get in the mail, you know, those offers you get, those special offers, the yes. rates that you're going to get, that's based on your activity. That's why it's important to work with banks that you already have a relationship with. Yeah. They're going to want to give you more money because they know who you are. Yes, and they see your activity. They see how things flow through. So if you start off your business and you're doing it right, okay, and you start the, the sole proprietorship, let's say six months down the line, you see that you've already at 60000 So you know you're doing good. At that point, then it's time to come in and say, I want to form the LLC. But not only do you form the LLC, you make an election to be treated as a corporation or an S-corp. There's two that you can do as an LLC. How does that help you? Well, the IRS knows that being an entrepreneur and working for yourself is difficult to pay in for those Social Security and all of that stuff. So what they did is they developed this election for S-Corp. When you make the election for S-Corp, you separate yourself from the business. So now your business has its own tax return. Then they require you to be on payroll. So now you are an employee of the company that you own. And you get your weekly check. So now all of that personal money that you were paying yourself, because when you're an entrepreneur, you still got to pay your rent. You still got to pay your car note. You still got to pay, you know, buy you clothes and all of that. And some of it is a write-off, but 
Your house is not a write-off. I don't care what people tell you. It is not a full write-off. They'll give you a percentage for a home office, you know, but it's not a write-off. But now, if you create that S-Corp and you put yourself on payroll, guess what? All of your personal is a write-off now because you pay yourself in salary what you need to pay all of that. And now it's a write-off of the business. business. And on top of that, your company is paying into your Social Security and you're paying the other half on your, you know, W-2. When you retire, you got a W-2 that says, oh, I made 50000 a year or I made 100000 a year. Okay, so you have that. So now you got a W-2 and you're paying yourself out of that. Let's say you made a hundred, you paid yourself for fifty thousand, right? So then you, your the business pays off all of its expenses at the end of the year. We do your taxes, right, for your business and yourself. Well, the business will go on eleven twenty s, which gives you a K one on the difference. So let's say the other fifty, forty of it was use for the business, you only have 10000 left on the business. Okay, so the company, the corporation has $10,000 of yeah. reportable income now. And, right, which flows on a K-1 that Rude. goes over to your tax return. Which I got 50000 from. 50, and then you have the other 10. Okay. So now your, your taxable income is 60000 Okay. So imagine that on a larger scale. You know, mm. I had someone that first started with me, her tax return said that she made 12000 a year. I did this for her. Her first year, she had a W-2 for 40000 or something like that. She had a K-1 for 37000 Second year, her W-2 was 80000 Her K-1 was 100000 mm. She then brought her condo and, you know, and all kinds of stuff. Opened up another, you know, uh business. And then, you know, a lot of times people are afraid to make money because they say, oh, if I make this money, they're going to, they're going to charge me taxes and I don't want to pay taxes. <laughs> you think the rich people out there are saying those things? Just being okay with being a loser. Right. <laughs> like an excuse for being a loser. <laughs> no, it's just so much out there. If you're with the right people, there's so much out there. You know, like for my business, you know, I had a person come in and she set up a bonus structure for me. I can take my full profit off of my, you know, business and I can move it over to my balance sheet. And I can pay it out in quarters to my key employees. And I'm paying tax on zero. Mm. There's so many things out there. You know, they have, they're changing the, even the investment tools. They're changing that, and they're making it where you can put more into your retirement. Because a lot of times when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have retirement, you know? You don't, and you have to be smart. And it's really, really hard to figure out which way to go because the stock market is so... <laughs> yeah, up, down, left, It's right. like a, a, a roller coaster, you know? So me, I'm more conservative, so I had to find what works for me. You know, and for me, it was using the insurance tools and the bonus structure because it gives me more of a savings. I have more of a safe safety net. Yeah, and there's guarantees but, with it being yeah, insurance. Yes. 
So, you know, but there are so many things out there. You know, like if you if you have large income and if you're working with someone, they're going to say, okay, we got a lot of income here. We need to, you know, liquidate some of it. You know, how about you have this old car, let's trade it in and let's get this, put it under the company, you know, use that. So if they go out and they buy a, a car and let's say that that car is 75, we can section 179 that. So that 200 now that went down to 100 and something. Then there's other things that we can do. Hey, okay, pull, uh, let's take this out and let's get you, you know, some type of, you know, investment, mm -hmm. you know, where you can move that money over there, another 70000 over there. Okay, so now we done lowered it a little bit. But the ultimate thing is, is that it's money that you have in your pocket that yeah. when you retire, you have, you're not paying Uncle Sam for it. And sometimes people don't like to do that because they say, well, the money is not liquid for me. But it still answers their question of, hey, I don't want to make more money because I don't want to pay more taxes. taxes well, hey, right. I'm giving you the solution of, hey, you don't have to pay more taxes. It's going to be in a position where you can use it down the road. Yeah. And you're going to want to need it yeah. down the road. You just don't think you need it right now. And, and trust and believe, I have a lot of clients that's older now. And I see how they're struggle. One of them is living off of $800 a month. How can a person live like that, you know, without having, you know, the government helping her with her rent and everything? Nobody wants to live like that. Yeah. So, but that's what's going to happen. So, it's funny, but I'm just going to use this as an example. You have women. We have women out here, especially in Las Vegas. They are dancers. They're in that entertainment or strippers. Okay. Average stripper, you know, if they're good, they, they're going to make $100,000, $200,000. Why is it that when they come and they sit in my office to do your taxes, you're making this kind of money, but you can't even pay your tax bill? Make it make sense. Because most people are more concerned with the appearance of being a business owner versus having the knowledge of being a business owner. I'm going to say that again, the appearance. So you want people to think that you are in this caliber, you know, like I got this, I got that. And, and people will grow to envy because they see you with all of those things. But I'll never forget this. I asked, you know, a close person to me. It's in my family. And they were like, oh, well, look at, you know, I have this car and I have that car and I have my house or whatever. And so we were looking out the window and I said, yeah, sad part about it is you have more money in your driveway than you have in your pocket. Should never be like that. Never be like that. Because if you drive a, a, a Jaguar or a BMW, whatever it is that you choose to drive, it's more about the motive of why you're driving it. Is that a car you even like? Yeah. Or is it just that it gives you 
the appearance that you want people out there to see? Is it really something that you really want to drive? Why do you have to have that car? Is it because you've seen somebody else drive it? And the funny thing about it is, if you really look, you can just scroll through social media mm -hmm. and you could take, a, you know, two of the top people that are wealthy based off of what they've done. And what do they drive? How do they dress? Their money don't even go on things like that. Was it a Mark Zuckerberg with this famous uh, same outfit every day just mm -hmm. to reduce decision fatigue? <laughs> a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, but... He's worried about decision fatigue from mm -hmm. having too many choices in his closet. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to make a buck over here and we're like, yeah, let me go get 100 designer shirts mm -hmm. to choose from every day morning yeah. before I wake up and get out the house and go try to, try to make some money. Yeah. I'm going to spend an hour <laughs> trying to get dressed. <laughs> okay. But those are things... Hey, I like nice things. Right there with but, you. But um, trust and believe. I'm a discount. Queen. Like, I ain't paying full price for it. You know, and some of the things that I have, they were given to me as gifts because I'm like, I'm not paying that for that. I worked hard for my money. Why well, I'm going to give it to you, you know? And I look at everything that I do and everything that I purchase, I look at it just like that as a business opportunity. I look at it and say, hey, they started this business. They're getting this money. You know, how did they create something that I needed? And now, how do I change that where I don't need it? I'm just doing it because I want to, but not that I necessarily need. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish I could have my own garden. I swear to you. <laughs> I would grow my own food and everything. Yeah. You know, because you look at it and, and that's what it is. And it's all driven by not true business entrepreneurs is just driven by greed and, and is it disgusts me, you know, I, I feel like that there is enough money out here for everybody. Nobody has to knock anybody for what they do. It's enough money out here for everybody to get their peace, but it's always total opposite of tearing each other's down and 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 not you know building each other up you're a small business i'm a small business sad part about it is if we looked in the circle our families and people that we really really know and close to how many pays for our services A lot of entrepreneurs know the real answer to that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but why is it that way? You know, we will go out here and when, <laughs> you're probably going to laugh, when Popeye's did the chicken sandwich, how many times did you see those videos shared? Everybody was running out there. Imagine what you can do for a small business owner, that if you do that, there's one guy out there, he goes and um all over and he eats at restaurants. Oh, yeah, Keith Lee out here in Vegas. <laughs> yes. Okay. 
I've seen some of his videos and I started watching his videos and I'm very impressed by him because one thing that he, he does is he, he puts them on whether he likes their food or not. And he'll tell them, you know, hey, the food sucks, but if you're out here, try it, you know, he even, you know, will put in his videos, the mistakes that they made. He talks about the customer service. Customer service is not a thing anymore. It's all about if you, it's my business, I'm going to do things the way that I want to do. And if you don't like it, that's too bad. And I told a restaurant owner, is it better to end, you know, for a customer to leave with the sale? Or is it better for them to leave with the return money in their hand? Because which one is an advantage for you? Mm -hmm. Getting that sale. Yeah, but most of them don't think that way. Mm -hmm. You know? Taking that right to refuse the, service a little too, uh, too <laughs> Right. Too literal. Or, you know, or simply arguing. You know, like if someone comes and they say, well, Sheila, you know, you did a bad job. This is what happened. You know, the IRS said this happened and that happened. Ultimately, I'm going to say, okay, let me see the letter. Let me read it. And I'm going to read it and say, oh, I see what the issue is here. I'll take care of this for you, you know, instead of how you going to tell me I didn't do something wrong, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm the professional and I'm the educated one. I'm the one that went to the school for this year and that year. And, and, you know, and I have the letters behind my name and I, and I, and I, is that going to get me to sell? No. I'm going to always, whether it was my fault or not, you know, in some cases, I found out that they didn't give me something. And I don't turn around and say, see, you wanted to blame me, but you didn't give me that. I just say, oh, it's fine. Give it to me. I'll amend it. Let's get this straight. Let's see what I can do to make sure that you don't have to pay back because you got that refund or whatever. I'm going to do whatever I can to keep you happy because ultimately, that's what my job is, is to give you a good feeling about working with me or working with my staff, you know. And on top of that, I'm always going to be on my staff side, you know. If my staff made a mistake. I made that mistake because that's my staff. Mm -hmm. But we will fix it. Yeah. You know. That's just good business. Yeah. You know, that's just a lost practice, it seems like nowadays. But how often will you find that? It's different between good businesses and great businesses, you know. There's a lot of bad businesses out there. There's a lot of business. And I think it goes to somewhat to the point of what we're talking about is, like, when you don't know your financials and why you're bleeding dry every month as a restaurant owner and you get the guy who says that my food is, is cold, you're mad because of all the other shit. You're not <laughs> mad at him because he said his food is cold or he mm -hmm. thinks that you put too much salt on the chicken. Yeah. That's just his preference. You got weight and stress on you that... Is, is because you got too many hats. Mm -hmm. You're trying to market your business, run your books, tax season's coming up. You, you're stressed out for other reasons outside of, man, I make a really good chicken kebab and I like giving, seeing the smile on people's face when they eat my food. That's yeah. why you started the business. Mm -hmm. But now because of the act of doing business is stressful when you don't have a team or the right people in place on the bus. Right. Now, you, now you're bickering with customers and causing a bad customer experience, which in turn, is a wheel that's going to affect, negatively affect your business. And sometimes people, because they have grown, they take on that attitude. 
because they want to have this boss <clears throat> attitude. I'm a boss, you know, and I make this money. So now I don't need your service because now I'm at this level. And all of it is, is, is hurting your business. To me, customer service is still number one. And we've gotten away from that. There's no good customer service. I had a client that told me that um, running this business was like being on a treadmill. And you would reach there and then fall back off. Mm. And then they get back on and reach to the thing and fall back off. And it's just a continuing cycle. Continuing cycle. Why does that happen? My response is that you have not figured out that the treadmill, you control it. You can turn down the speed. You can walk slow. Shoot, you can even turn it off. And then you can turn it back on when you're ready to start back up. Mm. But that's what you have not realized and you haven't tapped into. You have the control. And everyone that runs a business, it is in your control on how it turns out. If it's going to be successful, if it's going to fail, anything that, that happens, you know, if, if a business fails, I always tell people, always look at the decisions that you made. Because you could have been the cause of that business failing. Doesn't mean that you can't pick back up and you can't start all over. You know, because I've hit so many roadblocks. People think I haven't. But I've hit so many roadblocks where I am like robbing Peter to pay Paul to keep my business going, you know. And the whole time that I'm in that situation, I'm looking back and saying, okay, I see where I made my mistakes, but it's fine. And I'm climbing out of that. But I'm always, you know, aware that anything that happens in my business is based off of what I do. It's my decisions. It's, it's based off of things that I've done, things that I've done wrong. And you're never going to learn from what you've done wrong until you admit that you did it wrong. It's nobody else's fault. It's your fault. Because you are the owner. You are the person that's running it. If you have a bad employee, let's say you, you have an employee. That employee you brought in and you told them, this is what I need to do. You had guidelines of what that employee should do. That employee does it so well that you're happy. But then you start noticing some of your top key employees that you've had for years saying, you know, like they're getting into little bicker and, and spats and stuff like that. And then they're coming back and saying, you know, well, she did this or she did that. And, and you know, um, and I don't like that. And you take the attitude, well, she's getting a job done. So just deal with it. Month down the road, one of your top performers quit. And then the next one quit. Whose fault is it? Yours. It's yours. Because even though that person could do the job, it wasn't a good fit, personality fit. And you have to be aware of those things. Bring think people in that you know that when you leave, your company is still going to be good because everybody gets along. Everybody's going to do their part, you know. And don't hire people that feels, oh, I come here and I'm a cashier. 
then I'm not going to be picking up no no dishes and I'm not going to be doing that. You're not the person for me, for this, for my business, because it requires you to care, care. Mm -hmm. So if you have employees that don't care, guess what? You set the tone. They don't care because you don't care. You set the tone. It's all on you. So entrepreneurs have to realize and take the responsibility if it succeeds or if it fails. It's all because of you. Nobody else. Run that back, winners. Because <laughs> that's, that's the truth right there. So you also um, you have a book out as well. And I'm sure that some of these stories that you're talking about right now and these, these lessons are discussed in the book. Uh, a Long Road to Success is on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You guys can get that right now, winners. Talk to us about the book. What can they expect when they, uh, when they crack that open? Well, in the book, I talk about a lot of the fumbles that, you know, um, the average entrepreneur, including myself, and I have a lot of my personal mistakes within the book because, you know, knowing if you look at a person and you feel that person is, um, is a success, knowing that they didn't always succeed and, and, they, they fumbled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they fumbled. They failed. You know, they passed the ball the wrong way. They did all of those things. It helps you to say, you know what? I did the same thing and all is not lost. You know, you can rebound from that. And you can plan, you know, for the future. I think that the wisest um, information that we can get you know, and this is just my personal thing. It comes from the scriptures because that's how I think. I think that it's the wisest book out there to help you, to guide you through the different things that you go through in life. But that's not for everybody. That's just for me, you know, and and knowing that, having that and understanding that um, is, is what works for me. You know, a lot of people have a hero, right? And they're inspired by people, you know? And for me, I don't have an individual that inspire me that's, you know, that's here because everything that they can do, I can do the same. I might just have to work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, be inspired by somebody that I know I could never reach mm-hmm. because it's going to make me better. Yeah. <laughs> I can never be perfect, Yeah, <laughs> but I can try at it and I don't have to feel discouraged. I don't have to feel bad that I failed at it. Mm-hmm. You know, people just have to understand, you know, they, ha- they have to have that. They have to figure it, figure it out. Because your story, it worked for you. Does it mean it's going to work for you and you and you if you repeat it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like artists that was out there on the streets and they were selling a, they, you know, CDs and everything. And then everybody tried to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and it worked. But that was their story. Mm-hmm. You have to create your own story. Know your story and, and stick to it. And know that you're going to get probably a hundred no's before you get one yes. And be okay with it. Like, okay. It just wasn't for you. 
Because as soon as you get that one yes, that's when you're going to breathe and say, I got it. Somebody liked it. And then somebody else is going to like it, and somebody else is going to like it. But understand that you're going to get way more no's before you get that one yes. And be okay with it. Just be okay with it and, and stick with it, you know. In, in business, you're going to, you know, like face a lot of, you know, a lot of heartaches. Like, think about it. Look at how many people COVID put out of business. I was just thinking that on the way over here. I was like, man, so many hole-in-the-wall restaurants just got never going to get opened up again. Never going to get open, you know. But that's one thing that um, I talk about in my book because we should never go throughout life without having a plan. And some people will have a plan A and a plan B. And they feel like that's enough. I feel like you should have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. Mm-hmm. It should continue because you never know what's going to happen. You know, and if you don't plan for it, hey, it can, it can knock you out. So literally sit back and say, hey, this is what my business do, okay? If you are in the restaurant industry, what can happen? Okay. Um, I can serve bad food. Somebody can get food poisoning, and then that's going to put it on the news or whatever. Or, you know what? My product can go up, which is going to make me have to go up prices on my stuff. Then people are not going to come because my stuff is going to be too expensive. Mm -hmm. That's the way that entrepreneurs should be looking at things. They should be looking at all the things that could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Almost Not evaluating. That happen. Right. Evaluating from the worst case scenario. Worst case, and then work your way up. And if you do that, when those things happen, you're prepared for it. You know, like, remember when the housing market collapsed? Way there was a lot of people that had to walk away from their home. Mm-hmm. But what about the ones that prepared? They still paid their note. They still did what they had to do. And when it was all over, they sold their house for double and mm-hmm. they made the profit mm-hmm. because they prepared. They saved that money. When you go get a job, they always say, save three, four months in advance. Why does that change when you're an entrepreneur? <laughs> Why? It's still the same. You're still living the same life. You're still in the same situation. So why don't you have that cushion? Why don't you keep that attitude? Mm-hmm. You should have it more now than before because now you're totally reliant on you. So why wouldn't you have it? So in my book, I talk about that. I talk about fear because we all have it. We're afraid that we're going to fail. We're afraid, you know, even when we have our service, sometimes when we're getting that client, we have our price. We done sat down and we know what the value of it, but just to get that, that one sale, we say, oh, well, we're going to discount it. Mm-hmm. Now, what you just did was you told this person that your service is worth this, but you discount it because you want to get the sale. So now in their mind, your services is only worth what you discounted. And it's going to be very hard for you to increase it because you did that. Mm-hmm. And it's based off of fear. Yeah, And fear is is... is you know, people will say there's no 
room for fear in your business. Well, fear is good, but you have to look at it more as caution, not fear. You know, you can, I, I'm not afraid to do anything. I'm just not. Even in my business, I'll try something new and I'll go in a different direction. I'll do it every day. It doesn't bother me because I love change. Because if I feel like I'm changing, then I'm evolving. Growing new. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. But sometimes people get uncomfortable. They get uncomfortable really quick. You know, and then they they don't understand how to get out of, you know, the rut that they're in because they're so stuck in, well, this is the way I did it. This is the way I created. This is the way I developed it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it has to work because this is what I wanted to do. Lock yourself lock yourself in a corner doing yeah. it that way. And that's, that's really what the winners need to get from the show. You got to have the team. You got to have the team. That's super important. Mm-hmm. We're all afraid, but mm-hmm. the fear needs to be a motivational tool, you know, because yep. at the end of the day, if you don't kill, you don't eat as an entrepreneur. So, <laughs> and I think entrepreneurship, you know, when you're talking, the word cur- courage and bravery pops up. Yeah. Because we're all afraid, but you still got to do it anyway. And I mm-hmm. think that's what definition of courage and bravery is. Knowing that it's a serious and scary situation, but nonetheless putting that aside and saying, this is what I have to do. Yep. Absolutely. And doing it. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> Win, lose, or fail. fail. You know, yeah. like, it's just got to get done. And that's to me, and that's what you talk about in your book. Yeah. So I'm really, I want all the winners. So again, so A Long Road to Success on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And then you also were telling me before the show got started, we got some things potentially happening here in person in Las Vegas that's in the pipeline. Do you want to talk about that for real quick for the winners? Well, we're putting together um, um, these coaching events, five-week coaching um, classes where we're going to go through, you know, with the business owners, you know, from the beginning when they start the, you know, giving them real life scenarios where they can see things happening by the bad decisions that they make and how to rebound and, and, and come out of it. But then also in those courses, how to put together a, a good plan because out of, uh, I'm going to say 100 entrepreneurs, probably 90% of them do not sit down and write out a business plan. They feel like it's not necessary. They're funding everything. They don't need a bank's help. They don't need anybody help. It's me, me, me. But the business plan, it prepares you for the future, your growth. The direction where you're going, it tells you when to turn left instead of turning right. That's what that business plan do. So in those classes, we're going to teach them, these are the things that you want to do. This is the way that you do it. This is why you do it. It's giving you all of those reasons behind it where they can take from that and go back to their business, implement those things and see the growth based off of that. Hmm. Man. So I'm, I'm, I'll be signing up. <laughs> I'll be signing up for that. So where, uh, where can the winners find you? Where social media handles, where website, where will they go if they want to work with you? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm not a social media person, but I, my Instagram is she wins 1919. That's the handle. Um, Facebook is just She Wins Williams. 
Okay. You know, um, and or she wins bookkeeping service. You can find it's connected there. Um, and then um my TikTok is the same as the She wins nineteen nineteen. No, it's the She Wins Williams. She Wins Williams. Okay, yes. so it's the Facebook is the and same as the TikTok. TikTok. All of this will be in the show notes. We'll put make sure to put that in the show notes for the podcast so the oh, winners okay. can be able to find that yes. easily. And then my website is www.shewinsbookkeeping.com. And that's S-H-E-W-I-N-S. Exactly how it sounds. She wins. There we go. There we go. So we'll put that in the show notes. So winners, make sure you go reach out, check her out, and get some consultation, get some advice, especially if this uh, podcast show resonated with you, knowing, realizing that you probably have made a few mistakes over the years. Maybe you uh, don't have the right team pe- people on your team, and you want to go get with some professionals, and you want to win too. Make sure you go check out SheWinsBookkeeping.com. We'll make sure that's included in the show notes. And Sheila, thank you for coming on the show and blessing the winners with so many gems today. Like I said, this is a episode that they're going to definitely want to go back and re-listen to because you dropped a lot of fire on the show today. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, definitely. (laughs) And we will catch you next week. Winners, peace.